Look to our precious Jesus today who saves, heals, delivers, and blesses. This is your day for a miracle. I've been holding miracle services in our studio now for a while. We go live on air. We've been doing it for a long time and tremendous miracles have taken place and lives have been touched. And now we will begin doing the same thing in Dallas, Texas. Beginning this year, I'll begin holding monthly miracle healing services in our building right there at William Tate, not far from the airport and Daystar. I want to begin holding monthly Monday night miracle services in Dallas, Texas, in our building. We're turning a whole part of it into a beautiful big studio that will seat about 1,500 seats, and it will be live on air all over the country. Think about this. For the first time, we will be live in the United States of America with a monthly healing service right from Dallas, Texas. And we're renovating now the building, changing things to be able to seat the people we want to seat in that room. And I'm asking you to help me today financially to pay for the renovation because we will begin the first time to use it in November of this year, 2019, for our pastors and ministers and leaders conference early November. And then right after that, a monthly miracle service will begin in December of this year. I'm talking the first Monday in December is when we begin with the miracle services in November, the conference for pastors. And the building will be ready in November with your help. So I need you now to get to the phone or online and send me a donation to help me finish the renovation of the building in Dallas. We have to do it because time is of the essence. And we have a wonderful partnership today with a major network in this country that's on DirecTV, DISH, and all the cable systems to air the service on TV. Think about this, this is the first time ever for us anyways that we would go live with a healing service in the United States of America monthly on a major network. We didn't have that with the Crusades, we will now. Think about the lives that God will touch. Think about the bodies that the Lord Jesus will heal. Think about the impact it's gonna have all over the country and possibly in other parts of the world where people will fly in just to be in that service and be able to get healed in their home. Those that can't come will be able to receive right from their homes. Help me renovate today and finish the building on time because we need to do it now. So please, again, call the number on the screen, do it online, or send a donation to the address on the screen there in Texas. Do it today. And as you do, I pray the Lord will bless you. I pray he will reward you. I pray he will increase you in the name of Jesus. Father, let your blessings descend mightily, Lord. For, Lord, as we declare the gospel, you declared you'll bless us. We give you all the praise, and God's people said, Amen. And I do want to remind you, America needs the power of God now more than ever. And think about this healing service being nationwide monthly. Thank you again for all you've done and will continue to do for his wonderful name's sake. Amen. I want you all to say it's not by might. Not by power. One more time. 
One more time, please. But by my spirit. Say that. Say it, the Lord. But unless we come back to the Holy Spirit, we're in trouble. We will not survive the coming days without the Holy Ghost. Today, there are pastors in this country who have rejected the Holy Ghost. And you wonder why we're in trouble here. A man got up not long ago in his church and said, I don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. Another man said, I'm done with the charismatic movement. Others are walking away, literally rejecting the message of Pentecost. Others not only rejecting, insulting the message of Pentecost. Because, see, what they want is a whole different message. Well, that message they're preaching will die very soon. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by education, it's not by experience, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, tonight, I want to tell you that even Jesus himself could not do it without the Holy Ghost. And those men think they can do without the Holy Ghost? They are fools. They're losing their mind. Jesus, first of all, was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He would not even have come to earth without the Holy Ghost doing the job. Think about this. Now, you, can you people go a little deep with me tonight? Are you able to handle some good meat, right? If you are, put your hands way up. Okay. Before the okay, I'm ready. Before the foundation of the world, before creation, before angels, before anything happened, there was a conference, and in that conference, I am and I am and I am had a meeting because there was no father, there was no son, because the father did not become the father till the word became the son, flesh. Okay? So I am, I am, and I am had a meeting. And, and God Almighty, the Trinity, began to plan your salvation. And then the Word of God says something amazing. That Jesus offered himself through the Holy Ghost to make it happen. Now, when the Bible says he offered himself through the Holy Ghost, that's very powerful. In that the Holy Spirit made him a promise that he would turn him into a seed. Think about God becoming a seed in the womb of a virgin. The power of the Holy Ghost is so incredible that he turned God. Now wait, wait, wait. Say after me, God. Say God does not exist. He is existence. God does not live in eternity. He is eternity. So, eternity was turned into a seed by the power of the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost can turn eternity into a seed and place that seed in a woman, think what he can do with you. 
if the Holy Ghost can turn God into a man and place his seed, the seed of this precious seed called man, because the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, and that thing in thee, that holy thing is the Son of God. The Holy Spirit is the Father of Christ Jesus. He's called the child of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 1.18, he's conceived by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit turned God into a seed. Think about it. If, if the Holy Ghost is so powerful to turn God into a seed, what he can do with you if you give him your life. He took God Almighty and turned him into a seed. This is staggering. Because Jesus is the Word. He is the full revelation of all God is. The second thing we see in the life of the Lord, not only was he conceived by the Spirit, he could not have become a man without the Holy Ghost. Number two, the Bible says he was anointed by the Spirit. Now, now you gotta, oh, this is, this is incredible. I don't have all the time to share this, but I'll say this. Only sinners are anointed. Absolutely. The anointing doesn't belong to anyone else who's not a sinner. Because, because in the feast of Israel, this may be a little deep for some of you, but you said you were deep, so I can tell you. In the feast of Israel, the only feast that had leaven in the bread was Pentecost. They would wave the bread with yeast in it, meaning sin. Therefore, the Holy Ghost anoints only sinners. So when Jesus was baptized, meaning baptism, what is baptism? Baptism means I identify with sinners. Baptism is only for sinners. For Jesus to be baptized, he was saying, I identify with sinful men. That's why John the Baptist said, no, no, no. You need to baptize me, not me, you. I'm the sinner. And Jesus said, no, we must fulfill our righteousness, meaning I have to identify with sinful men. In baptism, he identified with us. And the minute he identified with us, he was anointed. Did you get that one? And the second the Holy Spirit anointed him, miracles began happening. So the anointing could not come on him without the Holy Ghost. Now, listen, miracles begin happening in his ministry because of the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, no miracles could happen. Then he's led by the Spirit. Right after he's anointed, he's led. That's all fine in Luke 3 and 4. Led means, now this is something very, very important. You cannot be led by the Spirit unless you are a son. Only sons are led. The Holy Spirit literally brought something so miraculous in the life of Jesus. For remember, remember, he was as much man as though he was not God. And as much God as though he was not man. Jesus humbled himself and became a man, completely a man. When God created Adam, Adam did not experience growth. He was created already a grown-up man. 
So he could not be our savior. But Jesus was not created fully grown. He became a seed and had to experience birth and growth physically to be a perfect mediator. And never forget, never forget. Now I'm gonna throw this at you and I don't know what you're gonna do with it. I'm gonna throw it at you. It's impossible to experience growth as believers without the Holy Ghost in your life. So if you dismiss him out of your life, you'll never grow up. You'll always be a child subject to bondage. Did you hear what I said? If you did, put your hands up high. The minute someone says, Holy Ghost, I don't want you, he has just killed his growth. He has just said to God, I don't need your help to grow as a Christian. The minute the Holy Ghost leaves, people go in reverse. They go back into bondage. Back into being bound by the elements of the world. It's impossible to reach maturity without the Holy Ghost. Because we grow from glory to glory into his image by the Holy Spirit. The second we tell the Holy Ghost, I don't need you, the image of Christ will vanish and my image will come back. That's the danger. I don't want to go back to be myself. I want to be transformed into his image. I'm sick of my image. Conceived by the Spirit, anointed by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. And now the Bible says in John 6, everything he preached was by the Spirit. In verse 63, he said, the words I speak, they are Spirit. So therefore, you cannot understand the Bible if the Holy Ghost isn't there helping you understand the Bible. How can you know the Word without the Holy Ghost showing you what you're reading? And the Bible says in Colossians, he endured the cross. Now this is something powerful. And this will bring healing to you even while I'm talking about it. Just think that the blood of Jesus was shed seven times in Jerusalem. And every time the blood was shed, there was agony. There was pain. The first time the, 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 the blood was shed to fulfill old covenant type was in Gethsemane when the scripture says his sweat became blood. And why? For the healing of my soul. Who gave him power to endure that kind of torment by the Holy Ghost? Because, ladies and gentlemen, had the Holy Ghost not given him power to endure, he would have died in Gethsemane. Because you know, it's proven scientifically, you cannot live when your sweat turns to blood. That kind of stress kills human beings. And for Jesus to survive, it had to be the Holy Ghost who gave him that power. The blood was shed from his sweat, number two. And that was for the healing of my soul. Number two, because he said, my soul is heavy unto death. And the blood was shed to heal our soul. Secondly, the blood was shed when he went to the house of Caiaphas. And they began to pull the beard off his face and to, and, and to buffet or punch his face. Listen, listen. 
Isaiah 50 verse 6 says, I gave my back to those who smote it and my cheeks to those who plucked off the hair. Do you know what Jesus looked like when they were done with him? He did not look like a human being. That's why Mary Magdalene could not recognize him. She thought he's the God now because the last time she saw him, his face did not look like the face of a man. Who gave him power to endure the sufferings of those beatings? When they pulled his beard off, skin came off with it. His face so disfigured because Isaiah 52, 14 says his image was marred more than any man. Meaning it did not look like a human being. He was so swollen, so disfigured, you couldn't recognize him. That's where the promise of Isaiah was fulfilled. In him no beauty we should desire. Why? That my face one day will look like his. He shed his blood from his face for the healing of my face, yours. Number three, the blood was shed when they placed a crown of thorns upon his head. Why? For the healing of your mind, that's why. And then, and then, and then, and this is why we are here tonight. Then the blood was shed from his back. You know, the Romans in those days, Pastor Rod, dear Alan, the Romans used to put these metal balls on these strips of leather. They, they would, each whip would, would have 20, sometimes 30, sometimes more strips of leather, and they would put these little metal balls with a little hole in them and slide them in the leather and put a nod and a knot, and every ball had, had nails coming out of it. And they would roll like that, so when someone was whipped, those hundreds of, of little metal balls would roll and pull the flesh right out. You know what it cost him to heal you? You know the pain he endured to heal your body? Pain that cannot be described by anyone. Do you know that when they were done whipping his body, his bones were exposed. That's what David said in the Psalms. I can tell all my bones, he said. Why? For the healing of your, of your disease. The blood was shed first for my soul, two for my image, three for my mind, four for my sickness. And number five, they nailed his hands to the cross. Why? For my work to be accepted as a minister. Then, number six, they nailed his feet. Why? For my walk. So I would not slip and go back in sin. And number seven, they pierced his side. You know, I'm discovering, like I told you, the Bible has layers. The third layer is when you see Jesus in the old covenant. Like, you know, Adam, Adam, the death of Adam was revealed. You see, you say death, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. When Adam went to sleep, it was a revelation of death. God was revealing that his son would die. When Adam went to sleep, it speaks prophetically of the death of Christ. 
When the Holy Spirit revealed this amazing declaration, Adam put to sleep. That's the death of Christ. His side opened. That's the birth of the church. Think that the Holy Spirit is the one who gave him the power to endure all that. And then he raised him from the dead. But what if Jesus had failed in his mission? And he could have. He was as much man as though he wasn't God. He could have failed. But with strong crying, the scripture says, and tears, and because of the fact he feared, he was saved, accepted. Remember, he was as much man as though he was in God. Perfect God, perfect man. Jesus wasn't 50-50. He was 100% God and 100% man in one body. But who preserved him? Who kept him? Who gave him power to endure? For the Holy Ghost. And you think we can do it without the Holy Ghost? Fools only believe that. And... Who raised him from the dead? The Holy Ghost. Who gave him details to give to his church before his ascension? The Bible says he gave instructions to the apostles by the Spirit. Think that Jesus needed the Holy Ghost even after his resurrection. And then when he returns, he will destroy his enemies by the breath of his mouth. Who is the breath of his mouth? The Holy Ghost. Think about this. Conceived by the Spirit, anointed by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, everything he said by the Spirit, literally endured by the Spirit, raised from the dead by the Spirit, gave last instructions by the Spirit, destroys Antichrist and all his foes, by the Spirit, and preachers don't want the Holy Spirit. If Jesus could not do without it, you think we can? No. So lift your hands and say, I need you, Holy Ghost. I cannot do without you. Fanny Crosby wrote the great hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. What words are those? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I mean, just thinking about those words alone can change your life. Jesus is mine, oh yeah, he's yours. Think about it. Blessed assurance. What a blessed assurance you and I have that the Son of God is yours. The Son of God is mine, totally and completely. What, what, a, what an amazing promise we have. When I would go to Catherine Kuhlman's meetings, she would close every service by saying, never forget to whom you belong. Wow. We belong to him and he belongs to us. Isn't it precious that Jesus belongs to you? and you belong to him.
And because of that, every need in your life can be met with a whisper, with a simple call on his name to say, Dear Jesus, it's that simple. Because Paul wrote, everything is yours. Miracles belong to you. All power belongs to you. All joy belongs to you. All peace belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. All things are yours. So there's no need to struggle or beg. It's yours. If he is yours, then everything he gives is yours. People always ask me, what's my favorite scripture? Romans 8:32. He that spared not his own son, shall he not with him freely give us all things? What a question. Amazing, huh? Shall he not with him also freely give us everything? Everything is yours. So all you have to do today is ask, because it's yours already. But when you ask, he'll give it to you. He'll never say no to you. He already gave you himself. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He already gave you himself. Would he not give you everything else? Of course he would. So let's ask him. Come on, let's believe. You stretch your hands towards me, I'm stretching my hands towards you, and we're coming into agreement right now, like the Lord himself told us. If we agree, he'll do it. So, dear Jesus, because you belong to us, everything you give now belongs to us. And Lord, I pray that that miracle will come, because that miracle belongs to your child, that peace belongs to your child, that joy belongs to your child. Everything belongs to your children. So, Father, meet that need now in the name of Jesus. Drive away that disease in the name of Jesus. Drive away that darkness and bondage in the name of Jesus. Bring peace, tranquility, and joy unspeakable and full of glory life abundant now in Jesus mighty name why don't you lift your hands and just receive it just say Lord I receive all that belongs to me just say Lord Jesus you belong to me and because you belong to me everything belongs to me and everything is mine I receive it now in Jesus name Amen and Amen it's that simple the Christian life is that simple. You just need to ask and receive it. And so he said to us, if you ask, you receive. If you, see, if you seek it, you'll find it. If you knock, the door will be open. That's all we have to do, really. Ask, seek, knock, and the door will be open. He'll never say no to us. Hallelujah. 
Pastor Benny Hinn invites you to join over 3 million Facebook users around the world who like Benny Hinn Ministries. Go to the ministry website and click the Facebook link. And if you follow Pastor Benny, you'll receive alerts when he is broadcasting live. Don't miss this opportunity to receive inspiring messages, scriptures, teachings, announcements, and Pastor Benny's live teachings on Facebook. Like and follow Benny Hinn Ministries today.